Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, happy almost weekend. This is Locked On Blue Jackets, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and help Locked On send you. So, while I was not sleeping very late last night, uh, Blue Jackets decided to drop a uh, surprise contract extension in Zach Wierenski, uh, so we'll be talking about that today. Uh, just before I started recording, they also announced another free agent signing uh, in a guy that will probably play most of the season in Cleveland, uh, and I've also got some listener questions to finish things up, so uh, bit of a bit of a mixed bag today, but I am uh, excited to get into it. So we'll start off with Zach Wierenski's contract. Um, I'm going to be honest, this surprised me way more than any other move that the Blue Jackets made uh, this offseason because I fully assumed that he would be out the door, frankly. Um, and I saw a lot of tweets of a similar, like, oh, we had, we like, we, we assumed that he would be leaving in free agency and that he would go to, like, Detroit was, was the popular one um, because... Well, why wouldn't he? Um, and so I'd kind of made my peace with the fact that we were that we had him, and again, potentially a piece to flip at the deadline. But uh, I, I guess not. Uh, Zach Renty said that he's a Blue Jacket. He wants to continue to be a Blue Jacket and do everything he can to bring a Stanley Cup here. Which a little bit, little bit of, of shade thrown at Seth Jones there. Uh, I feel which I'm absolutely fine with. Um, the contract itself is, whew, it is pretty, it is pretty pricey. Um, it is six years at uh, 9.583 million, which is just a little bit above what Seth Jones is going to be making in Chicago. Uh, that is, that is a lot of money for, well, any player, really. It's a lot of money for Zach Wierenski, um, but... I don't initially hate the signing. Um, I talked about it a little bit yesterday. You know, who else are we going to give all this money to? You know, we've got to hit the cap floor somehow. Um, and I think part of it is Yamaka Klein and is finally learning that if he wants people to stay, maybe he's got to pay them more money than than he has been. Um, there was that article in The Athletic a few months ago that talked about... Um, why players don't want to stay, and a handful of the responses from the anonymous players talked about, well, Kekalainen likes to lowball players, whether they be RFA or um, pending UFA, and I think, or they think that that is kind of what harms the the club in being able to retain these players. Um, so I think it's maybe a little bit of that, maybe a little bit of, it, it, you know, we need to lock up at least one of these kind of homegrown defensemen that we have. You know, uh, Ryan Murray traded, Marcus Nudavara traded, Seth Jones. Obviously, we didn't really develop him ourselves, but he was still only 21 when he came here. 
traded. So it's it's good to see Zach Wierenski sticking around, um, getting a, a long term contract. Which again, I didn't I didn't see that happening at all. Um, shocked by the amount of AAV, but you know it's it's. I don't know, I think it's a contract that's it's going to take a couple of years to grow into, which I'm fine with. Um, I don't think the Blue Jackets are going to be competitive this upcoming season. Uh, they could prove me wrong. I feel like they always do whenever I say, oh, the Blue Jackets are going to be good. Uh, they inevitably turn out not to be. And when I'm like, oh, the Blue Jackets are probably going to be terrible this year, they decide to spite me and make the playoffs. So it, it really could go either way. Um, I'm hoping that they prove me wrong again. Um, and I know that I was poking around at some of the stats guys uh, and their kind of projections for Columbus next season. Uh, we are projected currently by uh, Fresh Hockey to finish at the bottom of the Metro division. Uh, I believe fourth last in the league, uh, which it is what it is. Um, if we end up picking third or fourth overall, Next season, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing. There's, I think, four really, really good players in the entry draft next season, and I know it's not fun looking kind of at the season like that. Well, oh, if we're terrible, maybe we can get a good pick next year because it's it's way more fun to make the playoffs and maybe win the cup. I understand this, but it's a, it's a reality that we lost a lot of good players in the past few months. Um... I think we've gained some decent players as well. I think it's not been a complete write-off, but I think the chances will be uh, challenging for first overall are much higher than us challenging for the cup. Um, on the on the plus side, um, just to kind of go off topic a little bit, uh, I saw uh, by uh, at Byron M Bader on Twitter has kind of looked at every NHL team prospect pool's strength, uh, and last season I believe we ranked twenty fifth overall in the league. We had not a very good prospect prospect pool at all. This season, with the addition of uh, Adam Boquist and Jake Bean. Uh, as well as drafting Johnson, Sillinger, and Suleiman, uh, it really increased the quality of their of their pool. Uh, so they shot up fourteen spots, and we are now eleventh uh, overall in the in the NHL with uh, with our prospect pool. I believe we are eleventh overall in skating, and we have the tenth best goalie prospect pool in the league, which. Honestly, is is pretty good considering how poor we were last season. I was not expecting a jump that big. Uh, we had the biggest jump, or the biggest change in any uh, prospect pool. I know the uh, Flames made a significant jump as well. They jumped nine points uh, to get into sixth overall. But frankly, I'm yeah, I'm really happy with that uh, that prospect kind of improvement i think it bodes really well uh, and hopefully it can kind of translate to on ice stuff um in a minute i'm going to talk a little bit more about zach Wierenski and kind of his impact on the ice uh, speaking of homegrown prospects uh but first i've got to tell you about built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar out there frankly uh it is delicious it is nutritious uh, and there is nothing bad about it. They've got 10 
super delicious flavors. They've got coconut, they've got cherry barcia, they've got strawberry, they've got cookies and cream. Uh, I had one for breakfast this morning. I had the uh, the mint brownie, and it was delicious. And not only was it delicious, it was super good for me as well, and way better than uh, the kind of usual sugary cereal that I tend to eat, because I'm a gremlin person that only eats Apple Jacks and Lucky Charms. Uh, they have a ton of protein, low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, uh, and here's the best bit. If you go to built.com, if you use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off at built.com. So let's talk... Warensky on the ice, um, because I see a lot of people being like, wow, that is so much money for Warensky. Warensky's not as good as Seth Jones. Why is he getting paid more than him? He's not as good as Kale McCarr. He's not as good as Dougie Hamilton. Um, and I think there's, there's, a, there's a lot of truth in that. I don't think he is as good as Kale McCarr or Dougie Hamilton. I think the jury is out on whether he or Seth Jones is better. I think they were... Um, not very good together this past season, but if you kind of dug into the stats, uh, Zach Rensky's stats this season were much better than Seth Jones's, uh, and I know I've talked at length on both this podcast and other podcasts that the problem with Seth Jones is that a lot of the stuff he does is not readily kind of quantifiable by advanced stats yet, um, but... I kind of I clicked around again, looked at the uh, looked at the the stats, uh, and Zakarinsky kind of came up looking looking pretty good. Um, I know uh, Micah Blake McCurdy at Ineffective Math. He uh, had some really good news for Warensky. Uh, Decent play driver, very good shot, good penalty kill impact. Not great on the power play, which is seems bizarre to me because I feel like Wierenski was decent on the power play, but, I mean, no one on Columbus is good in the power play, so it's, I don't know, that might be a case of my eyes not meeting the stats. Uh, there's a lot to like, but apparently a seemingly impossible deal to live up to, and I think that's... There's a lot of truth in that, I think. Um, had we signed him for $8 million, I think people would love this deal, but I feel like it's going to be a Mitch Marner-type situation where he's getting too much money, and he's a very good player, but he's not a $9.5 million player, and it, people are going to start to resent that um, in the same way that people are like, well, Mitch Marner shouldn't be making $11 million, which, no, Mitch Marner shouldn't be making $11 million, but that doesn't make him a bad player. That just makes him a player that is not worth the amount of money that he is on, which is not his fault. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and, and blame Zakharinsky for asking for a lot of money because, hey, go go get paid. You know, it's that's what sport is a business, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, Micah's, Micah's comment on, you know, the impossible deal to live up to, yeah, 100%. Um, I saw another really good, again, Jay Fresh, Hockey, uh, I believe, had a really good, uh, yeah, quality offensive defenseman, scores a lot of goals, 
shoots from dangerous areas and as an excellent transition player, but man, that is a lot of money. Again, not disagreeing. Um, I think the general consensus appears to be Zakarensky, great player, probably not worth the amount of money. Um, and I'm not going to reiterate everything that I've just said because there's no point. But yeah, I would agree with basically everything that's that's being said. Um, everything about Wojnarowski's play suggests that he's going to be our. I mean, he's going to be our top defenseman next season with the with the uh, departure of Seth Jones. Wojnarowski is really the only one that can kind of fill that that gap. Uh, I don't know who we're going to play him with yet. Uh, I don't know that I want to see him with Gavrikov, who is our, I think, our only other returning uh, defenseman, um, because I think Gavrikov thrives best in a shutdown role, uh, and I don't think that that would gel with Wierenski. Uh I think Wierenski needs someone that's a little bit more like him. Uh, and so, I mean, maybe one, maybe Boquist. Um but again, he's not very strong defensively, so it's it's tough. I feel like there's a there has to be a sweet spot between Gavrikov's shutdown style and Boquist's kind of offense first style. That kind of yeah, the Seth Jones esque type play. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Zach Rensky get a ton of different defense partners in the uh, in training camp to see kind of who who works best. And you know, we might we might get a surprise. We we never know. Um, it could be someone that we're not even expecting. You know, I think Dean Kukan has a real shot. Uh, Jake Bean might surprise us. Um, but yeah, that that contract is is a lot of money. I don't think anyone on the Blue Jackets is worth that amount of money. But like I said at the top of the episode, sometimes if you want people to stay, you have to pay them. Uh, and I think at this point, losing Wierenski because we didn't want to pay him is going to hurt more than a couple of years down the line when we might be a little bit up against the cap. Um, so, we'll see. I do wonder how much of this is uh, linked to swapping Atkinson's contract for Voracek's because Voracek's runs out a year earlier. Uh, and hopefully, I think that, that I think the organisation is hoping that by that point we'll kind of have really come into our own and we won't have to pay Atkinson for that extra year, we can spend that money on another one of our younger players. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes, I guess. Um, the other the other signing just kind of dropped literally right before uh, I started recording. Uh, we signed Brendan Gaunt, who is the uh, brother of Cameron Gaunt, who was a fan favorite down in Cleveland. I imagine Brendan Gaunt will. Uh, Probably spend most of his time with the Monsters, which doesn't bother me. Uh, Brandon is described by uh, Deanna Weinheimer of uh, Field Pass Hockey. Uh, Brandon is a forward with speed and uh, very effective in a bang-and-crash role, quote-unquote, which I think means he does a lot of hitting and takes a lot of penalties and doesn't really do anything else. I think he's marketed as a two-way forward, but frankly, I'm... I'm not expecting much from him. Uh, he seems like the kind of guy that you put out there when it's getting a little bit hairy, and he just kind of roams around like a shark and punches people, uh, which I don't 
care about. Like, his numbers seem to trend that way. Uh, he's uh, got... He had 12 points in 18 regular season games last season in the SHL, which is the top-tier Swedish league. Uh, he did win the, the league championship with them, but I imagine it wasn't in any kind of big role. Um, over a six-year AHL career with Vancouver and uh, Boston, he has 148 points and 137 penalty minutes in 241 games. Like, that's... I don't know, he's... He's going to spend most of the year in Cleveland, and frankly, that's where he can stay. Um, I don't I don't understand the signing, uh, unless it's literally just to have a kind of a tweener guy that can play in Cleveland and be a big, a big body that eats minutes. I don't know. Um, but like I say, I'm not... I don't have any particularly strong feelings either way. I'm not super excited. I'm not like, wow, this is the worst signing in the world. Uh, we haven't yet signed anyone super objectionable, unlike some teams I can mention. So uh, it is what it is. It's it's uh, another Cleveland signing, I think, along with uh, Tyler Sakura. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, in a minute, we have got some listener questions, so I will pull those up now, and we'll get to that in just a minute. So the first question is from the aforementioned Deanna Weinheimer of Field Pass Hockey. Uh, she is my Monsters expert. She's been on the show a bunch of times. You all know her. Uh, it's going to be a whole new look across the organization when the team takes the ice in October. Who are you most excited to see? Uh, I think... Most excited to see uh, is kind of a, a mixed bag. There's a couple of players that I'm excited to see how their off-season has gone. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Liam Foodie make it up to the NHL and stick there. Uh, I would love to see Patrick Line have a kind of a resurgence after a down year. Um, I'm excited to see Adam Boquist. I think of the, of the newcomers, I'm excited to see Adam Boquist the most, uh, just because we gave up. Seth Jones for him, uh, and, you know, while we pay, we got a decent amount back in that trade, I'm excited to see kind of the, the quote-unquote main, main piece, uh, and if he, uh, can indeed be kind of a, a top-pairing defenseman, uh, talk to Jack, Jack Bushman about this, and, uh, it seems, it seems pretty likely, I'm, so I'm excited to see him, I'm excited to see Sean Corelli, uh, I think he's really going to solidify uh, the bottom six for us. I don't know that he's a top-line center, but uh, if our center depth next season is something like Domi, Texier, uh, Corrali, then I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. I don't think there's a clear number one center in that batch, but at the end of the day, it could be... It could be worse. Um, I think it's a lot stronger with the addition of Corelli uh than without so that's uh and of course he's a he's a, a local kid grew up in dublin ohio uh played for the triple a blue jackets and uh miami university so so there's there's that um the other the other question is kind of similar but uh a little bit different uh ria wants to know if there's, there's so many new guys what does the cbj pet roster look like and honestly it looks a bit kind of thin on the ground, which is upsetting. Obviously, we've lost Easton and Atkinson. Uh, we lost a lot of good dogs uh, 
in the offseason last season with uh, the departure of the Dash Huns, with the departure of the Bulldogs, of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, with the departure of Jake Murray, Ryan Murray's dog. Um, we've still got some pretty good, pretty good dogs there. Uh, I'm a big fan of Scott Harrington's French Bulldogs, as we all know. Uh, I know Eric Robinson has a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, which are not my favourite breed of dog, but it's better to have a dog than not. Uh, Max Doby, I think the best thing about him is uh, Orion, his therapy dog, who's very, very cute. Uh, as of the, the new guys, I don't know that Adaboquist has his own dog. Uh, I know that he has a very small fluffy dog back in uh, Sweden, and I know that he was a big fan of the uh, Debrinkat dogs, uh, Bert and Ralph Debrinkat, so hopefully we can get some good, good content of him hanging out with some of the existing Blue Jackets dogs. Uh, Zach Rensky is another one. Uh, not only did we re-sign Zach Rensky, but we also got to keep Bo the Doodle, who, again, a very good Instagram follow. Uh, so it definitely... Could be worse. Uh, haven't investigated. I don't think Jake Bean has a dog, which is disappointing. I don't think Sean Corrali has a dog, which is also disappointing. Um, but we have we have plenty of of dogs out there, so it's it could definitely be worse. We lost a got a lot of good quality dogs, but hopefully, uh, as the guys kind of settle, maybe some of them will get new dogs or more dogs. That's uh, that's the hope. Jake Voracek seems like the kind of guy that would have. A, a small horde of big dogs. Um, so fingers crossed that is a thing. Uh, and I think that's all the time I've got for today. Tomorrow uh, I will be doing a bonus weekend episode, uh, talking a little bit about the draft. We'll be saying uh, goodbye to Cam Atkinson, finally. I finally processed it. Uh, goodbye to Nick Felino, which I have not yet processed, so fingers crossed uh, I can talk about that in a rational way instead of just like screaming and crying and ripping my shirt in half uh but that's that's planned for tomorrow i've been jay foster you can find me on twitter at underscore jacob foster j-a-k-o-b-f-o-r-s-t-e-r you can find this podcast l-o underscore blue jackets and if you have comments questions criticisms you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com and until tomorrow make sure you stay locked on